Muted. The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the November regular meeting of the Local Agency Formation Commission. I'm Vice Chair Jackie Fielder, and I'm joined by Commissioners Dean Preston and Hope Williams. Our clerk is Elisa Somera, and I'd like to thank the staff at SFGovTV for broadcasting this meeting. Madam Clerk, do you have any announcements? Yes. LAFCO is convening hybrid meetings that still allow in-person attendance and public comment while providing remote access and public comment via telephone. Public comment will be taken on each item on this agenda. Those attending in person will be allowed to speak first, and then we will take those who are waiting on the telephone line. If you wish to provide public comment remotely, the call-in information will be scrolling across the screen. When connected, you will hear the meeting discussions, but you will be muted and in listening mode only. When your item of interest comes up and public comment is called, those joining us in person should line up to speak, and those on the telephone line should dial star three to be added to the speaker line. If you are on the telephone, please remember to turn down your TV and any listening devices you may be using. Alternatively, you may submit public comment in writing to, in either of the following ways. You can email them to myself, Alisa, A-L-I-S-A, dot Samara, S-O-M-E-R-A, at S-F-G-O-V dot O-R-G, or you may submit a written comment via U.S. Postal Service to our office at City Hall, 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, Room 244, San Francisco, California, 94102. If you submit written public comment, it will be forwarded to the commissioners and also included as part of the official file. Madam Vice Chair, that concludes my communications. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Uh, please call item number two. Um, would you like to call the roll first? Oh, yeah, sorry. Can you please call the roll? Yes. Uh, Chair Chan, Chan absent. Vice Chair Fielder? Present. Fielder, Fielder present. Commissioner Preston? Preston, present. Commissioner Williams? Present. Williams, present. M Madam Vice Chair, you have a quorum. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Um, let's please call item number two. Item number two is approval of the LAFCO minutes from the September 15, 2023 regular meeting. All right, do any commissioners have any other changes to the minutes from the September 15th, 2023 meeting? Seeing no changes, I'll open this up for public comment and speakers will have two minutes. Are there any members of the public who wish to comment on item number two? Members of the public who wish to provide public comment on item number two should line up to speak now or if you're joining us remotely, please press star three. Uh, seeing no one here in person, we'll go to the remote public comment line. We'll take a pause to see if anyone raises their hand. And Madam Vice Chair, there's no commenters. Thank you. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. Is there a motion to approve the minutes? Second. Moved by Commissioner Preston. Is there a second? Second. Moved by Commissioner Preston and seconded by Commissioner Williams. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Yes. On item number two, Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. All right. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call item number three? Yes. Um, and just to clarify, the minutes have been approved. Item number three is an update on the Midtown Mark Park Apartments Municipal Housing Management Study. We'll now hear from LAFCO consultant Fernando Marti, and if you could please keep your presentation at 10 minutes, that would be much appreciated. Thank you. Great, um, I can use this mic, and I've got a, a PowerPoint presentation um, 
could make that available for SFGov TV. Um, thank you, uh, commissioners. My name is Fernando Martí. I know all of you. It's fantastic to see you here. Um, and thank you very much for selecting our team to work on this project over the next um, six to eight months. Um, our project uh, team um, is, let's see if I can get to the next slide on here. There we go. Uh, Steve Suzuki is an architect with Asian Neighborhood Design. Um, myself, Fernando Marti, a community planner, and an engineering team of Triangle Engineering and Canyon and ACG engineers doing the structural and mechanical uh, and plumbing and electrical study. Um, we applied for this knowing a bit of the history of Midtown Park Apartments, uh, having met many of the residents. I had the pleasure of meeting residents last November, uh, thanks to Supervisor Preston, um, and understanding a bit of what uh, they are attempting to take on. Uh, the scope of work that uh, we applied with was a two-part project, one of them being an understanding of um, the structural and engineering issues with the buildings. Uh, the building was built in 1967 or 8, so it is now over 50 years old with a lot of plumbing and electrical issues, and in particular plumbing issues that we heard from the tenants last year. Um, there's also a long history of the tenants uh, wanting to know and understand the future of how they have community control and ownership over their building. Um, I think probably all of you know uh, a bit of that, that history. Uh, there had been a Midtown Park uh, Corporation that was an ownership structure for the building. Um, at some point in the process of trying to figure out how to upgrade the building, uh, the mayor's office of housing uh, broke the t uh, 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 lease that was with the tenants. Uh, but whatever the history of that was, there was a lot of mistrust and misunderstanding. And I think that is why LAFCO uh, called out for a third party to come in and work with tenants uh, to help them kind of bridge that understanding of what the future of their building might be. There we go. Um, so what we'll be doing with, with the tenants over the course of the next six months, um, uh, we're going to be working on a series of community workshops and engagement around what the future might look like for the building. Right now, they are um, uh, in a rent-controlled status in a city-owned building. Um, where the city has not yet committed to the major upgrades that are needed, nor to some changes in what the ownership structure might be. So the process will be to understand what the different types of ownership structures are, whether rental under a nonprofit agency, whether continued ownership um, under the mayor's office of housing, whether some sort of shared equity as a cooperative, uh, whether limited equity co uh, condos, all sorts of uh, ideas that would be presented and discussed uh, in depth by the tenants, including what their real goals are. Um, I, we understand from the previous meetings 
that one of the things that is really important for tenants is as folks who many of whom have been there 30 or 40 years is how do they age in place are there opportunities for their adult children to come back to their buildings are there opportunities uh, to create preferences or allowances for children to remain in that complex as one of the few uh, permanently affordable places that is accessible to them um, so all of those things will be discussed um, what we've uh, uh, calculated is a series of six uh, tenant-wide uh, or resident-wide workshops, um, check-ins in between those with the existing Midtown Park Tenants Association, and then coordination meetings with you all, with LAFCO, with the Mayor's Office of Housing, and with the property manager. The second part of, uh, of the process is to understand the conditions of the building. So working with an architectural and engineering uh, team, we will be um, going to the site, looking uh, at the conditions. We're not gonna do what's called uh, invasive, uh, uh, where you break open the walls, so it'll be much more of visiting the site, understanding what the plumbing issues are, the electrical issues. A lot of that will involve um, interacting with the tenants in a way that um, I think is not necessarily common for uh, teams that do this kind of work. That's why we're working with, with Steve. Uh, Asian Neighborhood Design has had a lot of that experience of working in affordable housing, working directly with tenants to understand what the real issues. The, uh, um, what will, the outcome of that will be to uh, look at preliminary cost estimates for uh, what are the immediate needs um, and what are some of the long-term needs? And in particular, the two kind of long-term things that have been identified is accessibility. Uh, the buildings are walk-up buildings, so there are no elevators. Uh, and as I said, people are aging in place. Folks have been there 30 or 40, uh, maybe even 50 years. Um, a lot of seniors. Um, and so how do we uh, create an accessible space for either some or the entirety of the complex? Um, and then also there are, um, the community facilities are very limited, um, so that'll be part of, of that uh, assessment as well. So we'll come up with a final report, uh, probably in about six to eight months, uh, at the conclusion of the resident engagement process, which will include the residents' own recommendations for how they want to proceed into the future, as well as the um, price uh, uh, cost estimates for a series of kind of different layers of improvements to the physical space itself. Um, and to start it off, we're having our very first uh, meeting. It'll be kind of an introductory meeting with the residents. Um, uh, we'll be doing that at Gateway High School on Saturday, December 9th, um, starting at 11. So it'll be from 11 to 2 with lunch provided um, and hope to see um, you all there. It's an open meeting. Um, we have uh, told uh, the city that it's really a, a tenants meeting uh, in that um, they have invited us through LAFCO uh, to present. Uh, the mayor's office of housing may be there as well as an observer um, and probably the property manager as well. But really it's um, the resident association that's um, leading the meeting um, and we're providing the support for that. So that concludes my presentation and I'm open to any questions. Thank you, Fernando. Uh, do any commissioners have any questions? Supervisor, Commissioner Preston. Uh, thank you, Chair Fielder, and, and uh, thank you, Mr. Marti, and, and your team um, for the presentation. I just um, am thrilled about the progress and, that, uh, and, and the approach and the tenant-centered approach 
uh, that you and your team are taking. And I, I will just say as someone that attended a meeting in the same place at, uh, at Gateway High School in their um, meeting area, um, I don't even know how many years, five, seven years ago or so at this point. Um, uh, MoCD led meeting, different leadership at MoCD at the time, not, not the current group, but it was the meeting at which the residents were told that all of their homes were gonna be uh, bulldozed as part of a redevelopment plan, that um, they had a contractor in to tell everyone that it would cost over $90 million and therefore was infeasible to fix things, which had a lot of people scratching their heads. Um, and without getting into the details, I think what was clear to everyone in that room, mostly Midtown residents and a lot of allies who had come to that meeting in the, from the community, was that this was not a tenant-led plan, right? That as is so often happens uh, in city government here and elsewhere, that plans were developed to tell uh, low, lower income folks uh, what, what their future and their, the future of their homes was going to be. And then those plans were rolled out as, as a done deal for, I, don't, I guess more of an information session than an actual uh, gathering input session. And so um, just really um, thrilled to see um, the, the really what I would describe as the polar opposite approach here of actually having not just the relationship building that, that you and your team have already been doing, I believe even before you had a contract, if I'm not, if I'm not wrong uh, on that, like in just, in just familiarizing yourself with who the different stakeholders are and what the lay of the land is so that once um, the selection process was done, if, if you were selected that you'd be in a position to, to act promptly to, to uh, convene these meetings. Um, so I'm really, you know, look, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm eager to see the meetings I want to offer, you know, our office, however uh, we can either, I mean, no LAFCO is being helpful, however our office uh, and District 5 office can be helpful, uh, we are happy to. And also just to, to um, put out there that I think while, while the resources question, right, is always a limiting factor in these various plans, I think it's really important in the planning that um, as you develop the multiple scenarios or recommendations um, and figure out what the price tag is that we not um, get scared off uh, in a tough budget time. It's very easy to be dismissive of things that might be costly. Uh, and I think that there is um, uh, quite a bit owed to the residents of Midtown after nearly a half century now, or at least a few decades of broken promises. And I think that, you know, we're going to have to tackle the difficult question of how we you know, how we fund whatever plan is the one that uh, residents uh, come together um, behind. Um, and, I, and we'll get creative on that. And uh, we'll also, I think, need to look at some things that have shifted in the last few years. And I won't go into to detail except to say that we have um, a uh, unanimously accepted reparations report from the city that really centers black home ownership in the Fillmore. Um, and this is probably the the housing complex most ready to deliver on some of those uh, promises. Uh, we also had in our 2022 budget deal set aside $20 million for emergency repairs in public and all forms of city-owned housing. This is one of the few remaining city-owned housing sites. So I think uh, some of the immediate repair needs may be competitive for uh, some allocations from those funds. So. Um, 
it's, uh, we have our budget realities and constraints, but we also have uh, some opportunities to really prioritize the plan that comes out of this work. So I wanna uh, commend you on a good start, and again, just offer however we can be of assistance. We are happy to, thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Preston. Commissioner Williams. Hi, Fernando, a resounding thank you to yourself and the rest of your team. Um, sign me up for whatever pieces you need help with, support with. I think that so often um, it is the people at Mid, like the people at Midtown and even people that look like me who are not given an opportunity to feel heard and supported and you are uh, doing something pretty groundbreaking here, which is putting it into their hands. And I really appreciate that. And I also want to thank uh, Commissioner Preston for the support and work that you've done for Midtown for years. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Commissioner Williams. I don't have much to add. They said, they said it all, but I'm really proud that LAFCO could be a part of this. Um, and yes, thank you to Commissioner Preston for spearheading a lot of this work with Midtown. They're, they're brilliant folks and the, the decades of broken promises as Commissioner Preston was talking to um, just is um, so, so delayed in their basic processes of being listened to and um, really glad that you all are at the forefront, so thank you. All right, um, seeing no other comments from my colleagues, I will open this up for public comment and speakers will have two minutes. All right, members of the public who are here joining us in person, please line up to speak now. Seeing no one here in person, we'll go to our remote public comment line. Pausing to check. I'm Madam Vice Chair, we have no speakers. Thank you. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. There's no action to take on this matter. So, Madam Clerk, can you please call items number four and five together? Yes, item number four is the Clean Power SF update, including Clean Power SF activities and LAFCO updates on Clean Power SF activities. Item number five is consideration to approve the purchase order with a ROOP North America LTD for battery energy storage system study for an amount not to exceed 75000 Thank you. We'll now hear from Deputy Assistant General Manager for Clean Power SF, Michael Himes. If you could please keep your presentation to 10 minutes, that would be much appreciated. Good morning, LAFCO Commissioners. Mike Himes, SFPUC, nice to see you today. Um, I do have some slides to bring up. Thank you. sure why I can't get that away off
Okay, now I have the slides ready. Sorry about the technical difficulties there. Um, okay, so for my report today, um, I'm gonna provide our usual update on Clean Power SF enrollment and service statistics. Um, I'm gonna share some information about national recognition Clean Power SF recently received regarding its renewable energy procurement. And I'll provide an update on California Community Power's recent Getting It Built Right workshop. So Clean Power SF continues to successfully serve its customers and participation in the program remains stable. There have been no significant changes to uh, Clean Power SF's enrollment since our last report to you in September. However, I did wanna share that due to continued strong interest in our Super Green product, mostly from commercial customers, uh, Super Green sales have grown to more than 11% of Clean Power SF's annual sales. So that's up from the 9% figure shown on this slide uh, and reported in September. I didn't get a chance to update that. I got those, those statistics just recently, so. Um, so really good news there, and I anticipate that we'll continue to see growth in super green sales as our commercial customers comply with the city's renewable energy ordinance. In other positive news, uh, I'm happy to share that Clean Power SF was recently named to the National Renewable Energy Laboratory, or NREL's, Green Power Program Top 10 list. Since the year 2000, NREL has recognized outstanding utility green power programs through its annual top 10 lists. The 2022 rankings continue to highlight utility green pricing programs, but also marks a new milestone with the inclusion of rankings of CCA green power sales for the first time. In the recently released NREL annual green power list for 2022, Clean Power SF ranked fifth among its CCA peers in CCA green power sales. Uh, the, this recognition for voluntary renewable energy procurement acknowledges energy programs that go above and beyond state mandated levels or the state's renewable portfolio standard. This recognition highlights Clean Power SF's commitment to delivering sustainable energy solutions for the community and also reflects the program's continued popularity with more than 380,000 customers enrolled and served by the program's cleaner energy. Uh, this is the first year that NREL expanded its green power recognition program to include CCAs in their annual assessment, recognizing the, the growing influence that CCAs in the renewable, uh, excuse me, the influence of CCAs in the renewable energy landscape NREL has encouraged CCAs to participate in their program. The decision to publish a separate top 10 CCA ranking underscores NREL's view of the importance of CCAs in advancing green power nationally. It also shows how far CCAs have come with uh, the statistics published by NREL showing that since 2010, CCA's voluntary renewable energy procurement has exceeded the procurement of other recognized market participants, including utility and non-CCA competitive providers, green pricing programs. Uh, and there's some, some numbers on the slide here uh, to, to help illustrate that. Clean Power SF's rankings are not just a testament to its success, but also a reflection of a broader movement of local communities 
towards a more sustainable future. CCA has continued to transform the energy landscape in California um, with the vast majority of CCAs driving greenhouse gas emissions reductions and promoting greater decarbonization of energy uses. This NREL recognition is also an acknowledgement that local programs like Clean Power SF will play a crucial role in leading the nation towards a more sustainable future. So um, we're really happy about that news and that it's got a national audience. <clears throat> okay, so last topic here. Um, I wanted to share some information about California Community Power's recent workshop. Uh, it called Getting It Built Right. Uh, just by way of background, California Community Power, which is also known as CC Power, is a joint powers agency that San Francisco helped form to leverage the joint purchasing power of CCA programs to procure power supplies and services for our ratepayers that we might not be able to procure as effectively on our own. Clean Power SF was one of the founding members of CCA, CC Power. Uh, the SFPUC Commission and the Board of Supervisors approved Clean Power SF's membership in the spring of 2021. And today, CC Power has nine member agencies that represent over 3 million customers across uh, almost 150 municipalities, spanning from Humboldt County to Santa Barbara County. CC Power held its Getting It Built Right workshop on November 3rd in San Jose. Um, and the workshop was structured to promote discussion with CC Power members, state regulatory agencies, renewable energy developers, and community advocates regarding key considerations for project development. Uh, and that includes uh, perspectives on land use, local community impacts, project viability, opportunities for labor, environmental justice, and environmental effects. Uh, building on agreement that we must uh, meet our CCA and State of California's clean energy goals, the event enabled discussion and listening with industry and community partners on, again, you know, what it takes to make a project successful. We heard valuable perspectives, challenges, and proactive ideas uh, from both panelists and attendees um, and that included the California Energy Commission, the California ISO, uh, again, a number of project developers, environmentalists, environmental justice advocates, uh, labor representatives, land use planners, um, uh, rate payer advocates, and, and so on. It was quite a group. Um, at its regular board meeting just this past Wednesday, CC Power uh, formally established uh, an ad hoc committee of the board to review findings from this event and consider next steps. Uh, CC Power is inviting comments from the public, ideally by the end of this month, um, but comments are always welcome, so that the board's ad hoc committee can consider this additional feedback as it contemplates next steps. Comments may be submitted to comments at CA communitypower.org, and I added the email address to the slides. You can see that at the bottom. And I, um, I'll make sure that uh, these updated slides are provided to the clerk so they can be posted with the agenda. Um, and you know, just in wrapping up here, I wanted to emphasize that our team um, will continue to actively participate in these ongoing discussions 
uh, regarding project principles and values, uh, and we'll do so consistent with the direction of our commission um, in its adopted resolution uh, 230138 uh, that was directed on uh, towards procurement guidelines for CC power. So that concludes my prepared presentation. I'm happy to take any questions you may have. Thank you, Mr. Himes. Um, colleagues, do you have any comments or questions? Uh, Commissioner Williams. Yeah, of course you got nationally recognized. That's a testament to your leadership. That's no surprise at all. Congratulations. Well, well, thank you, but I'd like to say we got recognized because <laughs> <laughs> it's really about the city and it's the city's commitment to driving renewable energy higher and higher. I do. I am very proud of our team for being able to deliver, um, but we still have obviously a lot more work to do, So, but thank you. Yeah, you killed it. Thank you. That's all. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. And let's see. Now we'll hear from Executive Officer Jeremy Pollock with an update on LAFCO activities related to Clean Power SF. If you could please keep your presentation to 10 minutes, that would be much appreciated. Uh, great, thank you. Good morning, Jeremy Pollock, LAFCO Executive Officer. And uh, for the first part of our update, I'm gonna turn it over to our policy analyst, Khalid Samurai, who's gonna provide an update on the uh, study on green banking. Yeah, SFGov TV, I believe I'm sharing through Teams, if you can put that online. Hello, commissioners. <clears throat> uh, next slide, please. Uh, I'm here to tell you, I uh, brought you a short update about um, the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund and uh, San Francisco's work um, uh, on that uh, program. As a reminder, the Greenhouse Gas Reduction Fund is a $27 billion portion of the Inflation Reduction Act. Um, the uh, GGRF will be administered by the EPA. The application deadline for the first level applicants uh, passed on October 12th, and those applicants requested um, letters of support uh, for the different programs they're applying to. And uh, next slide. Uh, San Francisco um, uh, in coordination with the uh, Department of Environment and the Office of the Mayor, um, provided two letters of general support from San Francisco, one for each portion of the program. And uh, Supervisor Preston, Commissioner Preston here, um, introduced a resolution in support of the letters. Uh, and with everyone involved approving of the letters and who we're sending it to, we sent it to this list of uh, applicants to the EPA, the Coalition for Green Capital, Justice Climate Fund, Opportunity Finance Network, Climate United Coalition, and Rewiring America. LAFCO staff also advised the Office of the Treasurer in um, his letter of support to Inclusive, which is a national network of community development uh, credit unions. Next slide, thanks. Um, additionally, um, in its work on developing the Green Bank of San Francisco and the um, uh, study we are um, hoping to present to the commission soon, Sorry, the scope of the study we're hoping to present. Uh, LAFCO was invited to present at the um, Building Operations Task Force uh, on um, November 1st. And we discussed the reinvestment working group's plans for uh, the Municipal Financial Corporation governance and business plan. And we also just um, presented on how the, the MFC could function as the San Francisco's Green Bank and additionally how that Green Bank would support the Climate Action Plan's goals for building electrification. Uh, 
The meeting also included a preview of uh, the Department of Environment's <clears throat> new study on uh, building electrification costs, uh, which um, was very informative and has uh, very positive implications for a lending program administered by the Green Bank uh, should it be created. Uh, next slide, please. And then finally, the next steps for the San Francisco Green Bank. Uh, we are holding another Green Bank Finance Working Group meeting. Um, this includes the, uh, the Office of uh, the Treasurer and Tax Collector, Department of Environment, obviously LAFCO, and we're inviting the mayor of, uh, uh, Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, as well as the Department of uh, Homelessness and Supportive Housing to also uh, join us and present. Uh, and obviously SFPUC, uh, <laughs> integral part of this whole process. And then LAFCO's primary goal for the green banking financing study is that it builds on the plans for a non-depository lending entity developed by the San Francisco Investment Working Group. That's the MFC. Um, our goal is to present uh, the RFP to the commission at the January 2024 meeting for their approval. Uh, and additionally, we're also working with Supervisor Preston on an ordinance to uh, create the San Francisco Green Bank. That's it. Happy to take any questions. Thank you so much, um, Mr. Semride. Could you let us know when the um, building decarbonization study is supposed to be completed? I'm not certain, but I can find out with, from the Department of Environment and get back to you, Commissioner. Okay, thank you. Um, is there anything that stuck out as being um, uh, particularly helpful or surprising from the building decarbonization study? Uh, I appreciate the lens that the Department of Environment is um, adding to the data they're going through, which is how do we make sure low-income and disadvantaged community members also take advantage of these programs for electrification of their homes. Uh, and one of the portions they're looking at is um, uh, really trying to focus on how to reach that um, that group of San Francisco. Got it. Thank you. Um, colleagues, any questions for Mr. Samurai? All right. And now we will open this up for public comment. Speakers will have two minutes. Members of the public who wish to provide public comment to line up to speak now. Those joining us remotely should press star three to join the speaker's line. First Good morning. Uh, I was wondering what the, what is the ultimate goal is for green green okay so everybody is happy then what white green okay green never mind uh, I'm here to tell you there is not such a thing as clean power by definition because any power has an effect there is something called clean recycling so the focus should be on recycling whatever the power we use for energy. That should be the goal. Obviously, <clears throat> it's all over the world now that there is a consensus that's pushing towards this uh, better. Clean recycling, whatever the type of energy you use. It should be clear for everybody. Thank you for your comments. All right, seeing no other speakers in here in person, we'll go to our public com our, yeah, our remote public comment line. Giving a pause to let anyone press star three to join the speakers line, and Madam Vice Chair, there are no callers. Thank you, seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. I would like 
to, oh wait, we didn't hear from Executive Officer Pollock. <laughs> yeah, my apologies. I um, forgot to notice that I was gonna also present on item number five, which is uh, the battery energy storage system study. Um, and this is uh, also a, another study as part of the, the Clean Power SF uh, program, the MOU between LAFCO and the SFPUC. And give me one moment to share my screen again. And so the item before you is uh, approval of a purchase order with Arup North America Limited, uh, a consultant to, um, to work on the battery energy storage system study for uh, an amount not to exceed $75,000. And a little background on this. Um, this is uh, the first consultant we're looking to hire as part of the new MOU with the, the PUC. Uh, we've developed a two-phase scope of work for this project and uh, really appreciate the input we've got from the PUC. Uh, Mike Himes has been very helpful in, in developing this and proofreading it throughout the process and providing technical input from their team. Um, also, the Department of the Environment has been very helpful. I'd like to thank Barry Hooper, uh, who's uh, an expert in this field, who's uh, really provided a lot of insight, and then also got some input from the Department of Building Inspection and the Fire Department. And so we've developed a two-phase uh, approach to this study. The first phase is focusing on R3 occupancy buildings, that's uh, single-family homes and duplexes. Uh, and then the second phase, we'll look at uh, uh, additional building types and other policy considerations about, around battery storage. Um, the intent of that is to try to get uh, the first phase done quickly and um, the single family homes and duplexes is kind of the most sort of straightforward residential case for adding battery storage in the home. And um, when you look at, at larger multifamily buildings, things are a little more complicated. So that's why we plan to tackle that in phase two. And so um, to expedite uh, getting this study started, we're excited to um, explore using the Department of the Environment's existing contract with Arup. Um, their, their contract was competitively bid and um, they've used it for a number of projects. Um, the, the scope of services for that contract covers um, consulting on, on, on SFEs, um, energy and climate programs, and renewable, uh, renewable energy projects and policy like, uh, like this study. Um, Arup is an international firm that has an office here in San Francisco. Uh, they performed similar studies for the Department of the Environment and several other city departments. Um, and they provided us a proposal to complete both uh, phases of this study um, by March of next year for $75,000. And, and the packet includes the, the full um, proposal from them that includes resumes and qualifications of their staff and examples of comparable projects. Um, I have to say they've been um, very responsive and moved very quickly to put this proposal together, had a couple of initial meetings with them and generally impressed by, um, by their, their knowledge in this area and excited to, to work with them. Um, in, the, in the process of checking their references and initial reports have been, been positive of uh, other departments' experience working with them. Um, and uh, yeah, would uh, welcome any questions you have and uh, recommend a, approval of this to, to get this project started. And uh, would also like to invite uh, Mr. Mike Himes if he would like to say a few words about um, 
his impression of this proposal and appreciate he's been very responsive in uh, just the last week of going through multiple versions of this and providing comments and getting Arup to quickly uh, include those comments in the proposal and uh, uh, really appreciate his support in this. Yeah, thank you, uh, commissioners and executive officer. Um, just briefly, I wanted to express our support for the study and um, my appreciation to the executive officer for his collaborative approach in developing this. I know he was um, trying to get this together for the meeting and moving really quickly, um, but nevertheless was able to take the time to check in with us on numerous drafts and take our input um, into consideration. Um, yeah, I think it's consistent with the MOU um, and I think uh, one, one uh, recent piece of, of feedback that we gave that's been incorporated is um, to spend some time at the outset just thinking a little bit more about the opportunities that battery storage present and that they may not be sort of even across our customer base. Um, and by that I mean um, it's not really like a one-size-fits-all kind of solution and that we should just be mindful of you know, when and where batteries make sense and when and where they don't. Um, but I think, I think there's room for that in the study, and I think it's also going to um, help push forward the city's policies around permitting and siting and things like that. So uh, we look forward to working together. Thank you, and thank you, Executive Officer Pollack. Colleagues, do you have any comments or questions? All right. Should we open it up for public comment again? All right. We will now open this up for public comment. Speakers will have two minutes. And this is public comment for item number five. Yes, you just said it. You see, it's, it's, that's exactly it. I mean, how do you recycle? Because at the end of the day, you need to recycle these batteries. You know what they are made of? So come on. After that, it's a clean power. Got to focus on this. It's a huge job. So how do you recycle these things? In a clean way, obviously, so. It's all about cycles. Huh? Everything in life is about cycles. Huh? So you have to recycle to make sure your cycle can, can go toward an evolution that is positive. Thank you for your comments. We'll now go to the public comment line. We'll pause to give any listeners a chance to press star three. And Madam Chair, we have no callers. Thank you. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. I would like to make a motion to authorize the executive officer to execute a purchase order to AREP North America LTD for an amount not to exceed 75000 in to in substantially the form of the scope of work attached with any minor non-substantive revisions agreed to by the general counsel. Do I have a second? Second. Moved by myself and seconded by Commissioner Williams. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? On the motion on item number five, Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. All right. Uh, looks like this order has been approved. Um, Madam Clerk, can you please call items number six, seven, and eight together? Yes, item number six is approval of the 2024 LAFCO regular meeting schedule. Item number seven is a motion discontinuing remote public comment and except as legally required to enable people with disabilities to participate. And item number eight is the executive officer's report. We will now hear from executive officer Jeremy Pollack. 
Uh, thank you again, SF GovTV. If you can bring up my slides, please, from the Teams meeting. Yeah, so these are sort of three housekeeping measures. Uh, the regular meeting schedule proposed here is uh, continuing to, for us to meet bi-monthly in the, the odd-numbered months of the year. Um, and this would have our considering the proposed budget in the March meeting and then final budget approval in the May meeting. Um, and w leaving the possibility of a special meeting if, in case of any timely action needs uh, from the commission. Um, and uh, move ahead to item number seven, uh, the motion discontinuing remote public comment except as required to uh, support folks with disabilities. Um, a little background on this, when LAFCO resumed meeting uh, in person in March 2023 after the end of the, the COVID state of emergency, uh, the commission elected to, to continue to provide remote public comment and um, sort of, I believe expressed um, an interest in sort of following the practices of the Board of Supervisors, um, largely because our meetings rely on, on the clerk of the board and SFGovTV to, to manage our meetings. Uh, and so on October uh, 17th of this, um, this year, uh, the Board of Supervisors passed a motion modifying its rules of order to discontinue remote public comment, except as legally required to uh, enable people with disabilities to participate. Um, and the re recommendation in uh, the packet here is to adopt the motion to, to this motion to discontinue remote public comment. Um, uh, welcome all your input on that. And if there is an interest in exploring a, a different arrangement, uh, I would suggest we could continue this to a future meeting and have further discussions with, uh, um, with the clerk and, and legal counsel to see what, uh, what our options are. Um, and lastly, I'll just briefly present on the executive officer's report, um, an update on the, the study proposal on Golden State Energy, where we're transmitting to the, the governor and the, um, our state legislators and also to the California Association of LAFCOs and to CalCCA. Um, and then the forward calendar looking at the next three months is, is here of uh, our planned future agenda items. And uh, that concludes my presentation and uh, welcome any comments or questions from the commission. Thank you so much, Commissioner Preston. Thank you, uh, thank you for the presentation on these items. Um, I just wanted to speak briefly to the, um, the remote comment and, and uh, get thoughts from uh, fellow commissioners on that. Um, I, I understand that the Board of Supervisors has opted to go to not have remote comment as Executive Officer Pollock pointed out, uh, except we're, we're legally required as a disability accommodation. Um, I, um, I voted against that at the Board of Supervisors and, and uh, believe we should continue having remote public comment. That said, I do think there are some real issues. Potentially, if the board is not having public comment and the same clerk and same system through SFGovTV are not having public comment in that context, I'm unclear whether it adds, um, it's unduly burdensome for them to maintain public comment, remote public comment here while it's not in existence uh, at the Board of Supervisors. So um, I'd be interested to hear more as to whether that does or does not pose a problem for if it did not, it does not pose an administrative problem to have two different rules uh, and it were the will of the majority of LAFCO commissioners to maintain remote public comment, that would be 
my preference, but again, I, I don't want to uh, be creating a, 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 a problematic situation for conflicting rules between, uh, the, between the different bodies. So, so I think it might make sense to, to uh, put it over if, if that's the will. The, you know, the other option would be, um, and maybe this happens if we do continue it next time, I, I'd also be interested in tying our motion to uh, if we're going to follow what the Board of Supervisors does to tie it more directly to that so that if at some point, and it is my hope at some point that the Board of Supervisors will figure out some of the technical issues working with the clerk's office so that we can restore some type of remote public comment. Um, I, I, if we're going to have a system where everyone has the same system and rules in place, um, I, I would probably want to tie, amend a, a motion to to tie it to uh, this being more of a, uh, I guess, temporary or elimination of remote public comment until, unless and until the board resumes. So those would be my thoughts. So my preference, and I'd be prepared if there's support for that, to, to continue this to our next meeting, uh, and then we can decide either to just preserve remote comment or to, or maybe some adjustments uh, to the motion if we're not gonna continue it after we have further consultation with the, um, with LAFCO staff, uh, the clerk's office and SFGovTV. Thank you. Um, I share a lot of Commissioner Preston's um, concerns and support for public comment. Um, you know, I appreciate public comment and, and support of making it accessible where possible. Um, at the same time, curious about the the costs or administrative burden that it presents. Um, weighing that up with um, you know, the value of, of having public comment, which is immense to me. So I'm in support of continuing this item until the next meeting, until we can um, understand more the, the logistical challenges, um, if they exist. Commissioner Williams. Thank you. Um, I wanted to know how, to, how it is to be establish that someone calling in has disabilities? Are they asked that question? Uh, yeah, through the chair to Commissioner Williams. Uh, uh, to be honest, I, would, I don't know that process. Um, yeah, I would have to, to check in with, uh, with the clerk in SFGovTV and, and possibly our legal counsel to, to report mm -hmm. back. And yeah, happy to look into to all these questions ahead of our January meeting. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it would seem incredibly invasive and lightweight illegal, but you know, that's just an opinion, not a professional one. Um, I think that if we can get through the defund the police era uh, with public comment, <laughs> um, we can maintain it continuously. And um, if we think that public comment these days is overly visceral, then I recommend that folks channel into C-SPAN's radio where folks call in and <laughs> that um, that one's a good time. So uh, happy to continue this item um, per Commissioner Fielder's request. Thank you. Thank you, colleagues. So now are we opening this up for public comment? Yes, Madam Vice Chair, uh, if I may. Uh, through the vice chair. Um, for the ADA accommodations, the office of the clerk of the board has been working closely with the mayor's office on disability on the process. Um, we, at the board level, we are requiring uh, 48 hours notice so that we can make the accommodations. Um, and there are um, 
um, individuals who do make that request, they do self-identify. We do ask what their limitations are. We don't ask for their particular disability. We just ask for you know um, um, confirmation that they um, have uh, limitations that prevent them from coming in person. Thank you so much, Madam Secretary. Commissioner Preston. Thank you. And I just uh, wanted to add on this, like, so we have multiple bodies now following multiple different practices, right? So the Transportation Authority, for example, continues to have remote public comment available without a, the necessity of an advanced uh, disability accommodation request, but uh, the Transportation Authority chair is uh, capping that at, I believe, 30 minutes, the total for, for the meeting. So that's one approach that's currently being taken. Um, the Board of Supervisors now requires the advance request, and these are uh, basically accommodation requests, um, and then LAFCO has uh, wide open. And um, I think just maybe to, to put a point on it, what I'm most curious about is, is that a problem? Just, just like from from for, from administrating this for SFGovTV, um, because if it's not, it may well be, and from what I'm hearing, that there's an appetite to just maintaining remote public comment, uh, at least for the for the time being, in this body, if it doesn't create any any hardships by having different systems for the different bodies. So this is all very much in in flux, and I, I appreciate this being on the agenda and having some initial conversations about it. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Preston. Um, all right, we're now moving to public comment for this. We'll now take public comment for items six, seven, and eight. If you're joining us in person, please come forward. You'll have two minutes. Maybe, but it, 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 it should be uh, uh, valid for any comment. Uh, it's too, it's hard for me to say that, but you should you should be able to tell when you uh, the comment is wasting your energy uh, let's say if it's uh, um, insulting you know in a sort of way uh, not showing enough respect for because we have a lot to do here guys so we have to you know focus on what's important or not it's hard i know it's difficult but as far as yeah disability if somebody cannot be repre uh, represented you know, by someone coming and uh, saying what the person has to stay, uh, the person can't come here. Okay, so yeah, it's, it should be also a consideration. But generally speaking, uh, look, uh, we have a, a more important to do than to be insulted and stuff like that. Uh, we, are, we are to stick together, so comment, yes, of course. Uh, first amendment anyway, right? So you have to respect that. So I'm with you on that. Then the fine line is, okay, yeah, the clerk should be able to say, no, no, here, is, look, that's it. Sorry. Okay, you get my, what, what I mean, I hope. <laughs> Thank you for your comments. Seeing no other in-person speakers, we will check our public comment line, giving everyone a chance to press star three if you wish to provide public comment. And we do have a remote caller. We have Jeanette manning our public comment line. If you could put the first caller forward. You will have two minutes. Hello, my name is Honest Charlie Bodkin, resident of Haight Ashbury. I'd like to voice support for public comment. Um, I believe that 
if we could set up some type of ID verification wherein people are pre-authorized to call in, it could uh, help eliminate some of the hate speech and the time wasting that we've been seeing. So yeah, that would be a broader change, but something that I would see as being an overall benefit. You know, I've heard, uh, yes, some wasteful calls come in, but also some great calls from experts from uh, that are unable to make it to in-person meetings. So yeah, that's what I would be supporting. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Do we have any other callers in the queue? Seeing no other callers, Madam Vice Chair, that completes the queue. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. On item number six, is there a motion to approve the 2024 regular meeting schedule? So moved. Moved by Commissioner Preston. Second. Moved by Commissioner Preston, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? On item number six, Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. V Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. All right. The 2024 regular meeting schedule has been approved. And I would like to make a motion to continue item number seven to the call of the chair. Can I have a second? Second. second. <laughs> <laughs> Moved by myself and seconded by Commissioner Preston. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? On the motion to continue item number seven to the call of the chair, Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. All right, this item has been continued. Chair, Madam Clerk, sorry, Madam Clerk, can you please call item number nine? Yes, and for the record, there was no action taken on item number eight. Item number nine is general public comment. Members of the public may address the Local Agency Formation Commission on matters that are within their jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. If you have public comment, please come forward now. For those joining us on the remote line, please press star three. Uh, yes, just to uh, say have, have a good day to you all. Um, yeah, the, the future of San Francisco is to, uh, to set the precedent for the rest of the USA and the world. So basically, yes, power, I mean, clean power, all this, uh, just remember, yes, the key is to recycle what we do intelligently. It's enough. We have enough pressure on our shoulders, everybody. We need to focus, be intelligent. Be careful of the technology that is definitely coming in our, in our life. Too much. It's going to be, we have to deal with it. But that's for another commission, I think. But uh, it concerns you, obviously. Is that okay? Don't use your phone too much anymore. Wait. It's coming. We're going to change the thing. San Francisco is going to be great, awesome, the best. But we're going to have to work hard because the resistance is going to be awful. That's for sure. But we make it. Have a good day. Thank you for your comments. Seeing no other in-person callers, we'll go to the remote call-in line. If you would like to join the speaker's queue, please press star three. Giving them a moment to raise their hands. And Madam Vice Chair, that concludes the speaker's queue. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. Madam Clerk, can you please call item number 10? Item number 10 is future agenda items. Colleagues, are there any future agenda items to note? All right, let's now open this up for public comment. Seeing no one here in person, we'll just go straight to the remote line. 
Please press star three if you would like to provide comments on item number 10. And my, Madam Vice Chair, there are no callers. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. There's no action to take on this matter. And Madam Clerk, can you please call items number 11 and 12, our closed session? Yes, items number 11 and 12 comprise the closed session. Before we take the motion to convene, Madam Clerk, can you please call for public comment on our closed session? Yes, seeing no one here in person to provide public comment, we'll go to our remote call-in line. If you would like to provide comment, please press star three now to join the speaker's queue. And Madam Vice Chair, there are no callers. Seeing no public speakers, public comment is now closed. May I have a motion to convene in closed session? So moved. Second. Motion made by Commissioner Preston, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Yes, on the motion to convene in closed session, Commissioner Preston. Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. All right, we will now move into closed session. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
Madam Vice Chair, we're back in open session. All right. We are now back in open session. Madam Clerk, do you have anything to report? Uh, the Local Agency Formation Commission did not take any action in closed session. Thank you, Madam Clerk. Colleagues, can I have a motion to find that it is in the best interest of the public that LAFCO elect not to disclose its closed session deliberations? So moved. Motion made. Go ahead. Second. Motion made by Commissioner Preston, seconded by Commissioner Williams. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? On the motion to not disclose, Commissioner Preston. Preston, aye. Commissioner Williams. Aye. Williams, aye. Vice Chair Fielder. Aye. Fielder, aye. There are three ayes. Without objections, we will not disclose our closed session deliberations. Madam Clerk, is there any other business before us today? That concludes our business for today. All right, there being no further business, we are adjourned. <laughs>